Our guest today, Bernie Ross, is going to be talking about his wonderful company, Nature Clean. There's a whole host of ingredients that we've been able to, uh, toxic ingredients that we've been able to eliminate or replace with, um, uh, with food-based ingredients. You can certainly find us on Amazon. Nature Clean is available on Amazon.com. And our first uh, major retailer is Central Markets in Texas. And so if you live in the wonderful state of Texas, you can find us at Central Markets. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. My co-host Andrea is away today. You can find her on video, though, on Morphus, powered by Naturally Savvy. Just go to YouTube, type in Naturally Savvy. You will find her there interviewing wonderful people such as Alan Arkin, the actor, and his wonderful wife, Suzanne. So be sure to go. Don't go now, though, because we've got a wonderful guest. We're going to talk all about intuition, what it is, how do we get in touch with ours, and how do we stop ignoring it? Because I think that seems to be one of my issues. We've got the wonderful Tracy Stein, PhD, MPH. Dr. Stein, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's so great to have you on. So let's jump right in. What is intuition? When someone says that to you, what, what do you say? So there are a lot of different ways we can think about intuition. One is the knowing without knowing quite how you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, people commonly refer to their intuitive guidance as vibes or hunches or gut feelings. And for a lot of people, that feels um, a lot more comfortable for them. But if you think about your senses, right, we all have our, our mundane earthly senses, uh, seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, tasting. Well, you have intuitive counterparts to those. And the interesting thing is that they don't require you to be physically present to what you're sensing, and they don't require that it's happening in the present moment. So time and space don't seem to matter when it comes to your intuitive senses. And when someone has an intuitive feeling, it's it's almost, they, they say it's like a gut feeling. Why do you think they call it that? Well, I actually think that we experience sensations in our actual gut. And, you know, I'm not sure I can explain why that is. Um, If we think about, you know, for people who do yoga or who do energy work and know about the concept of the chakras or the energy centers, each one corresponds to a different type of psychic perception and um, to different organ systems. So when you get a gut feeling, you might be somebody who tends to pick up intuitive information in a more bodily or feeling oriented way. And that's many people. And it's, you know, our bodies are part of our intuitive apparatus, right? Because we have to find a way to know that intuitions are coming in and to make some sort of sense of them. And they have to get our our attention. One of the things I think that's really important to teach people about is this idea of everyday intuition. And actually the course that I am launching in um, the third week in June probably is going to be to teach people how to recognize everyday intuition and how to develop it further. So, you know, everyday intuition is getting intuitions about things that affect you in daily life as you get used to recognizing the difference between intuition and mental noise, which I also talk about, it beca- it can save you time. It can save you some frustration. And, you know, just even just keeping track of those vibes or hunches or gut feelings can let you know what you tend to be most accurate about. And also, what made that intuitive versus just a thought, Right. And you get better at sensing how your intuition kind of comes through for you. Talk to us about the mental noise. So that's 
really important to know because I think that people, um, there are people who ask actually pretty commonly, like, how do I know the difference? How do I know it's real intuition versus all this other stuff? Um, Genuine intuition tends to come through in a way that's fleeting. And I'm going to say emotionally neutral. So it's not like it happens in the movies. When you have a movie that's playing in your mind constantly or a lot of repetitive thoughts or you're feeling anxious or it's something that's consistent with something you really either hope for or are afraid of, that's usually mental noise. And um, actually meditation and, and mindfulness meditation in particular is a really helpful tool for being able to step back from what you observe so you can notice the difference between, you know, I'm really worried it's going to rain and then it's going to be a huge big deal and then I'm going to get there and then my daughter is going to be disappointed, right? We all have these trains of thought that, you know, they can be kind of runaway trains. And in intuition is like a, a fleeting, subtle um, feeling or n- knowing and it it just feels different. It's difficult to articulate, um, but it's not as persistent or technicolor as our other mental noises. Now, when did you first get interested in looking at intuition? So, um, you know, I'm outing myself a little bit here. I've been doing that more over the last few years anyway. It's one of the blessings of getting older. You don't care as much, right, about right. <laughs> what you, how people react to what you say. Um, so I, I've had intuitive experiences ever since I was very young. And, you know, they would wax and wane. So sometimes I would have a lot more of them and they'd be more intense. And other times, you know, I wouldn't have so many or they'd be quieter. Um, and, you know, and when I was young, they would make me kind of anxious, um, you know, because I just felt kind of weird and different. And um, when I started working in integrative medicine, I was going to probably about 31. And um, I was finally around a bunch of people who are a lot more open-minded about this. And I could talk freely about it. And my intuition was really very heightened at that point. And what I did is I went and decided to get some training. I was hoping to kind of tone it down. And what I realized is that you can strengthen and sharpen and fine-tune your intuition. You can find out what your intuitive skills tend to be now and strengthen others. And you can also set some healthy boundaries about what you pick up on. And I think that's as important as being able to tune into things. So that's kind of the super short version of my story. Oh, it's so interesting. Now, can you share an example of when you listen to your intuition and when you didn't, like things that really stand out? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you an ex- some examples, and I would put them in the broad category of everyday intuition um, because they're relevant to my daily life. So, um, you know, like a more dramatic example, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm an empathic person um, generally, and I would say I'm a compassionate person, but that also um, happens to be one of my particular intuitive strengths. I'm intuitively empathic as well. And, um, you know, my other psychic senses are certainly things that I, you know, get data from as well. And I, I'm thinking of one patient in particular I had, you know, my intuition is active when I'm doing clinical work, just like it is with other things. And, um, many of my patients have been medically ill and, you know, had some other mental health problems. And this one person in particular was especially fragile physically. And, what I noticed 
at one point is for a few weeks straight, this person would walk into my office and look foggy to me. And I couldn't focus well on this person. And I thought, oh my God, is am I losing my eyesight? And um, it wasn't happening with other people coming in. And I thought, all right, let me pay attention to what's going on. I don't really know what this means. And of course, I would always be paying attention to how somebody's doing and what they're saying and what they're reporting. But I I think I paid extra attention because this was so unusual. And what I learned over time is that when this person, like probably a few weeks before this person would need hospitalization, they would start to, their energy field would start to look very fragmented and foggy to me. Um, Yeah. And so now I couldn't call this person's other providers and say, you know, the fog told me <laughs> that we really have to keep an eye on this person. Right. But what I could do is, you know, write down, you know, after the sessions, you know, what the things that came up that were concerning and, and, and just make sure to relay that stuff and my concern to the other providers to try and take better care of this person. So that's an example of intuition in everyday life um, and in my work. Um intuitions that I didn't pay attention to. So my first job out of college was actually in advertising. Um, I had a dual psychology and communications major, and it was a really bad job market. And I was super excited to get an interview with this company. And, you know, the owner of the company was a small company, was very likable and friendly. And I actually believe he meant what he said at the time that, oh, you know, I know you want to do this job. That's not available. Start out in this job, which was one I didn't want. Um, But he's like, you know, in six months, we'll move you into this other type of work. And it was weird. I was listening to him and I had this weird kind of womp and this sudden knowing that that was not going to happen. And I was there, I don't know, you know, maybe about a year. And it, you know, it was clear that that wasn't going to happen. And also that the company maybe, you know, there was a lot of infighting among the other people who worked there and it just wasn't the right fit. And I wasn't going to say no to a job when I didn't have one, but I knew in that moment that this wouldn't be a place that would be the right fit for me. Um, so that would be an example of noticing my intuition, but not necessarily acting on it. So how long were you there? I think I was there less than a year. And it's funny, I was really trying to tune into my intuition at that point. And um, I asked the universe for some signs. And and be careful what you ask for, because I feel like I got walloped with signs. <laughs> um, so this is going to sound totally strange to the people who are like, I don't believe in intuition. But um, so one day I was walking from the, the train to the office. It was just a few blocks away. And right in front of me, um, a messenger bike collided with a cab. I mean, it might have been like 15 feet in front of me. And I and I thought, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> um, and thank God the messenger got up and 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 kicked the cab and was screaming, but was clearly, clearly alive. Um, and then, you know, a few days later, I walked into the office a little bit early and I saw my boss um, taking a glue trap with a mouse in it and shoving it in the garbage. And and I I thought oh my God, this is, I just can't even, it was just like the ultimate unempathic, you know, you know, non-compassionate thing to do. Um, And then the third thing was I was walking back from lunch one day and I had, um, you know, my little Chinese takeout and my soup and I saw a homeless man sleeping on the street 
And I said, you know, I bent down and said, you know, do you, do you want anything? And, and then when I realized he was dead, um, and, 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 you know, I thought like I was 23 years old at the time and I, you know, I realized like, well, where do I think homeless people die? (laughs) You know, and it just, every sign was telling me, you know, I was so unhappy there. Um, and then the last sign was I was on the train and I was listening to the radio. I'm like an old school, like Sony Walkman. So it tells you how old I am. And, (laughs) um, you know, and I heard about somebody who won $80,000 in the lottery. And I realized like, man, $80,000 would be amazing. Um, but it wouldn't be enough to make sure I don't ever have to think about getting a job again. But if I had, if I won $80,000, would I leave this job? And I was like, without, without a second thought. And, and I was just like, all right, I get it. Please stop giving me these signs. (laughs) And I left. (laughs) So, so, you know, most, thank God, most things are not that dramatic. And, and the more we learn to pay attention to our intuition, the less it has to yell. I mean, that's the other thing too. Can I give you an example of something that happened to a friend of mine? Of course. So, you know, this is another example of everyday intuition. I don't mean that it happens every day, but I mean just normal life stuff. And um, I have her permission to use this story, but she basically had been, you know, married not long out of college and was pregnant with her third child. And even though they were happy when they first got married, this was not, I wouldn't say this was the best fit. And I think she knew that by the third child, but um, you know, she was committed to staying with her kids and and keeping her family intact. And my friend had stopped working when she had a bunch of little kids. And so this was back in the days when texting was fairly new. So again, it's going back a bit because, you know, I hadn't been texting then she hadn't, but I guess some people were. And they were getting ready to go to his parents for a holiday dinner. And, you know, this is not a person who's woo-woo at all. And she said she was getting ready and all of a sudden she had she heard her own voice in her head with such certainty um, say, check his texts. And, you know, now people would be like, of course, if you have any issues in your marriage, you're going to like <laughs> grab somebody's phone. Right. But that wasn't done then. I mean, not everybody even was, you know, necessarily keeping a cell phone with them. And he was in the shower. And sure enough, she checked his texts and her husband was having an affair with someone at work. And, you know, she confronted him and he initially denied it. But, you know, what she has said is that, you know, she was so afraid of leaving and, you know, she didn't have a job and this, you know, shattered her worldview of marriage. But this moment gave her the courage to leave and to ask for help, um, you know, for, you know, her parents to be emotionally supportive and help out in whatever way they could. And, you know, now fast forward, you know, 20 years or so. Um, her kids are, or maybe less than that, but her kids are grown and she is happily remarried and she's happily employed. And, you know, she said like that had not happened to me before. And I just, the message came through so clearly, but in an emotionally neutral way. And that's actually how most intuitions come through. Even if they're about distressing events, the communication is neutral, but our reaction may not be. And I think that's another way to separate um, mental noise from true intuition. 
Andrea would love you. You have to come back. We're not done. By <laughs> I'm the way. coming back. We're not even. We're about. We're not even. We're about halfway. We got a lot more. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I. I just everything you're talking about is is definitely right up Parali as well. You've mentioned the word empath, and we've talked about empaths on the show. We've had the wonderful uh, Doctor Judith Orloff talking about it, and I've mentioned on the show my daughter is quite empathic. And but for people who are like, wait, I'm still not sure what that means. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So we can think about empathy. You know, people confuse empathy and sympathy a lot, which makes sense. And most people who are empathic are also quite sympathetic, but it might not be the opposite. Um, you know, sympathy is feeling for someone. We see something going on and we feel like, oh, I feel so bad for them, or I feel like I can connect to them. Empathy is feeling as someone else. So the psychological version would be, you know, this kind of instinctive reaching inside our own experience um, and connecting in an emotional way so that we feel kind of what somebody's feeling. And, you know, there's an intellectual version of that, too, being really able to kind of sense what people are feeling, but in a way that's more intellectual and less emotional for us. Um, intuitive empathy I, I think is literally feeling what someone else feels. And there's also this physical dimension to it. So, so I would say that, you know, I hate labels and I know that, you know, I don't want to scare people off with woo labels, but you know, there's a term like empath or intuitive empath. So I would say that one of my intuitive um, strengths happens to be intuitive empathy. And so having worked with a lot of medically ill people, you can imagine um, what that's like to be sitting across from someone and not only feel their sorrow or their worry and have to constantly manage that inside myself, but also have, you know, their headache or their um, digestive issue or their bodily pain. Um, so, you know, again, just to reference my course, not because I, you know. No, I want you to reference your course. One of the things I wanted to do was teach people not only how to tune in, but how to have really healthy intuitive boundaries. That's especially important for empaths because they're very sponge-like. And, you know, you can wind up feeling kind of sick or exhausted and not realizing why. Um, like an example of intuitive empathy is, um, also, like, I, you know, many years ago, I, I was having a conversation with my mother-in-law. You know, those kinds of conversations can be a little fraught anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, I said something to her that in the, in the course of a conversation that didn't seem like a big deal to me. She asked me a question and I answered it what I, in a way that I thought was diplomatic but honest. But at the moment I said it, even though she looked fine, I felt whomped in my solar plexus, which is like the seat of our will and how secure and confident we feel, and in my heart center. And I, I felt um, almost like attacked and, and, and just emotionally um, wounded. And, and I said to her, I, I, I am so sorry if I just hurt you. That wasn't my intention to, with what I said. Um, and, I, and it was an important healing moment in that conversation. But that's a good example of how intuitive empathy can be helpful in, in just everyday relationships. Did she say anything? Like, how did you know? Because she didn't, you said she didn't really show that you had hurt her. She, she acknowledged it after I said that. 
Um, but I think had I not said it, she would have tried to look kind of like, all right, fine. But I think she would have been really upset. Um, and, you know, everybody's sensitive about different things. So something that, again, intellectually to me would sound fine might feel very different to somebody else. So, you know, but I could see where there is a utility for being intuitive at work, um, in everyday relationships, um, you know, both to sense, you know, how what we do is perceived, but also to sense like, is this a good opportunity for me? Or is this person being honest? Or, um, you know, six months down the road, will I be happy here? And, and things like that, or, you know, even just, you know, oh, I have a vibe not to take my normal route to work today that I would normally take on autopilot. And, you know, if I ignore that, maybe there's a huge traffic jam and I'm late for something important. Or if I honor that, maybe I never know whether that was true intuition or not, but I get to work on time. It's so funny you say that because this thing just popped in my head that I hadn't thought of in years. This was over 20 years ago, maybe like 24 years ago. And I had a really painful breakup and I was about to get on a bus. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to wait for the next one. I'm like, I don't know why I did that. And then I had this sense, like, I'm going to bump into this to my ex. And I wanted to, um, cause he wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, I waited on the second bus and then I got off the bus and I'm walking down the street and he's walking up the street. Like it was so weird. I never really thought about that till just now. I mean, well, at the time I in. did, but I didn't think of it as it didn't go well though, because he, he only walked up to me cause he thought I was somebody else. <laughs> and then once he realized it was me, he's like, no, I'm not talking to you. And I'm like, dang it. Oh, but anyway, no. it was worth a shot. Now we're super close friends. He's super close with my husband. It's all, you know, it all worked out um, many years later. But uh, yeah, that was fun. Because it's like literally like I had a foot on the bus on the step and the bus driver's like looking at me like, what are you doing, lady? And then I was like, <laughs> okay, I no, I'm not. I'm going to wait for the next one or something. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, as you notice these things, you get a clearer sense of, okay, how does your particular intuition tend to communicate with you? So I don't know if that was more of a feeling or a quick flash, a visual flash in your mind, or just a knowing. Um, and it might've been all of those. Could it be, I, maybe it was just like, I don't know, a desperation. <laughs> I really wanted to see him. Um, but yeah, but there, it has to come from an intuitive source, right? I don't think you can wish that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you can wish things into existence. I, I don't think you could have timed that if you had planned it um, as well, because you didn't have a sense of where he would be or when or, you know, it's think of how hard it is to coordinate running into somebody when you're trying to meet them across town or something. Um, but our intention, think of our intention like a signal line, you know. There's so much that we could tune into. I mean, that, you know, we can't even fathom, you know, in the past, present, or future, there's an infinite number of moments or things we could connect to. But our intention really is very important. And that's why I tell people to be very clear about your intention. Because, you know, it's kind of like if you walk into a dark room, you're going to, it's like having a pen light. And that light is only going to illuminate some small area where you shine it. That's interesting, too, because the same guy, <laughs> funny, I had gotten this job. Uh, this was, I was like my early 20s. It was right after college. So I guess 22 or so, 23. And uh, 
I got a job as a short order cook. That was, you know, I studied anthropology. So you know, there's not <laughs> a lot of options. And um, so with my liberal arts degree. So I was working as a short order cook and they were talking about this guy, Mark. And they're like, yeah, Mark's going to be back. He's on vacation. And I had this sense. I'm like, he's going to be my boyfriend. And then we met and then we were together for seven years. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It was like this sense of like, I don't even know who this person is. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what he's like. I don't know what he's about. But I just had this sense of like, that Mark guy who isn't even here yet, he's going to be my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think people do get vibes about um, people they'll meet or how a relationship will be, you know, for better or worse. And, um, you know, again, our, our interests kind of guide that. So, you know, just this is going to sound like a strange example, but like everybody's intuitive gifts are different and and what they help you tune into tends to be different if you're just talking about random, um, you know, what happens to happen to you. Um, And even when we focus our intuition, some people are just more skilled at picking up on certain things. Some people read people really well psychically. And, you know, other people are really good at predicting. I mean, there's actually research showing that people have been able to make money um, on silver futures or, you know, making predictions about the Dow Jones industrial average going up or down. Um, And, uh, you know, people don't have to take my word for it. That's pretty Googleable. But, um, you know, I I know someone, uh, Pam Coronado, who's actually a very well-known psychic detective. And and I've done some training with her. She's doing exactly what she should be doing. She's excellent at finding missing people. She's excellent at tuning into people most of us would not ever want to tune into. Like, I don't know how her head doesn't explode. Um, She's worked with law enforcement for years, and she has uh, dozens of police badges, you know, that people have given her thanking her for her work. Pam is pretty good at tuning into the make and model of a specific car. And that's really helpful if you're trying to help the police find some sort, you know, who committed a crime. Now, I can't tell the difference between five cars in front of me. So I am not somebody who should be doing that. Right. <laughs> and and I can't even watch a gory movie. So, you know, envisioning a murder psychically is something that I don't think I'm the best person for that job. Um, but she's really good. So everybody's different. And we, we find out what our different psychic skills are. So it's interesting because I tend to be a little more, I'm not, it's almost like, you know, with God, I'm not an atheist, but I'm agnostic. I don't know if there is. I don't know if there isn't. I just don't know. So I'm not going to say either way. I'm kind of like that with psychics. Like my mom died 25 years ago this year. And I would love to like find someone to be like, oh, your mother says this or that. But I also feel like a lot of it's a bunch of baloney if the person's just trying to make money. Maybe someone can do that. Who am I to say? But you see what I'm, it's a different level, right? Yeah. And and look, I think healthy skepticism is important. And I myself, you know, I'm constantly saying, is this true? And how do I know it? So, you know, on, on the one hand, there's actually quite a bit more research into psychic phenomena that most people are aware of. And and actually, the research quality has gotten much better, and the, the results have been um, pretty impressive. So, you know, that's one way to kind of learn more. And another way is just to say, okay, I don't have to commit to accepting this fully or, or you know, disavowing it regardless of what I notice. I can remain open-minded. And I think that's the best stance to take with most things. Um, like, you know, I, like, I'm not a 
psychic evangelist. So I kind of feel <laughs> like, you know, and, and I'm okay also with people just using terms that feel better to them. So most people will be okay with gut feeling or even intuition um, or hunch, you know, vibe might sound too new agey to people, but I don't, I don't think people have to commit to a stance. I think it's one of those things that it's kind of like be open-minded and just notice what you notice and keep a record of it. I like that. Now let's talk about this course. When you do a course, what does that mean? What does that entail? So, um, so this will actually be my first online course that I'm offering outside of the university. So, um, I actually, I'm, I actually teach graduate students at the, um, Spirituality Mind Body Institute, which is actually the first institute of its kind at um, at Columbia University and at an Ivy, um, and so you know I'm I'm used to teaching in that forum, and you know I've done that for a few years, and um, but this will be the first one that I just put on my website and make available for people at considerably less than they would have to pay for um, college tuition, which is good. Um, so what it will be is um, I've actually, this is a an expanded version of a course that I developed for Insight Timer. I don't know if you're familiar with that app. Um, you were, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a meditation app that actually is the, has the biggest catalog of free meditations in the world actually and it's actually got more listeners per month than the than calm and headspace combined but it's maybe a little bit less well known but what i did is i developed a 10 session audio only course for them because that's their format and you know about 3000 people have taken it now and that's really exciting but yeah i'm i'm really excited about that but i wanted to be able to offer um, additional information some videos, some written um, additional meditations, because we don't all learn in the same way. And so I wanted to expand the course that way. And I, I also wanted to be able to interact with people um, in, in some sort of live way. So I'm going to have one or two um, Zoom meetings where people can, you know, ask questions and, you know, talk about the results that they've had. And also I can give them extra practice targets. So in the course, not only do I teach people about how to become more intuitive and recognize the difference, and there are some meditations to help with that, um, and and like I said, how to have also good boundaries and shut it off when you don't want it. Um, but you know, I I also um, I also have practice targets so that somebody can see for themselves. Like, okay, you know, are you able? You know, what kind of information do you get? about this video or photo that you're going to see after you've completed this assignment. And most people are pretty surprised at how many um, accurate hits they can get about um, a target that they have not yet seen, but will. So, yeah, and actually some of the, the research shows that if you give somebody feedback in the future, that information that you will get is accessible to you in the now. So it actually tends to generate um, more accurate responses, more accurate viewing, which it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around, right? Yeah. 
It is, but it seems like a really good tool, especially for people who are super empathic. It's it's a good thing to be compassionate and empathic. And I think we'd have a much better world if more people were. Um, but it's also really important to not have our boundaries be so porous and to be able to observe what we observe, but at a bit of a distance, because that helps keep us sane, right? And you know, so mindfulness meditation, again, helps us to do that. So it's it's such an important tool for so many things. Um, but also just doing visualizations to help you ground and imagine this kind of buffer between you and um, the next person or what you're watching on TV and so forth so that you don't feel like you're absorbing everything all of the time. I, I can't wait to introduce you to Andrea. Uh, She's going to love this. You are so... Oh. Amazing. Tell us all the ways we can find you. And I'm gonna have to go on Facebook just to find you because I didn't I I I have a professional page that totally I just okay. let go, unfortunately. So I'm more active on Twitter. So tell us all the ways we can find you and sign up for your course. Thank you so much, Lisa. Um so on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash doctor just DRT like Tracy and then Stein S T E I N. On Twitter, it's at Dr. Tracy Stein. And again, D-R-T-R-A-C-I-S-T-E-I-N. And my website is drtracystein.com. And I'll be um, updating that. Um, also, Instagram, which I don't do as much of, but is at Dr. Tracy Stein as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping people are interested and curious. You know, I'm going to have a money back guarantee. If people find that it's not for them, that's okay with me. You know, this is really just, you know, my way of doing my part to help people kind of expand their horizons. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited to do that. And I, I really appreciate being able to come on here today and talk about something that's been really important to me for a long time. Well, you really should have your own podcast. I mean, you are <laughs> so well-spoken. You have a beautiful voice. You're so freaking smart. You will be coming back. There will be more to talk Yay. about. I'm so excited. Uh, in the meantime, please check us out on uh, these socials. It's at Andrea Donsky, at Lisa Davis, MPH, at Naturally Savvy. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends and have a great day.